Hello everyone, this is the last episode in our three-part pilot, but the adventure doesn't stop here. We've got more episodes, art, and stories on our website, and some exclusive rewards on our Patreon. If you want to connect with the cast and other fans, join our Discord channel. There's a link in the episode description. Thanks for listening, and here is Riftwalkers. So last time on Riftwalkers, the party was brought to the, what they thought, safety of Yellowford given a warm welcome by the mayor and its commander. However, as night fell, they were set upon by assassins, which they quickly dispatched. But as they tried to leave, they were confronted once more. But this time, a friend came to their aid, a man by the name of Wu Lin, who led them safely out of Yellowford and all the way westward to a cave and a people known as the Fang. After a restless night, you awake to a wonderfully prepared breakfast, and though all the individuals that mull about around you as you eat and prepare for the day are former Rift Wardens, none of them wear their insignias or their armor. You have a quiet moment to yourselves in the central cavern before Rulin joins you for a briefing. That was an interesting journey out here. I know, we were in Yellowford for one night, and then things go off the rails. Things are worse here than I expected. To be honest, I'm not sure what the Rift Wardens think they're doing. I mean, everyone here should be a Rift Warden, yet no one seems to accept it. Well, I think they've accepted it and simply moved on. I think we have a division here, a group that's left. Clearly there was a huge division between them. I don't know what could have brought them to this. Yes, I'm quite intrigued by what is happening here, and I'd like to know more. Mock, you're rather silent on the matter. I was pondering what the Rift Warden's purpose is. They have been here for what seems like many, many years, and yet all they do is kill locals and kill each other. It is quite unsettling, but I do not have an especially strong allegiance to the Rift Wardens, so I find it hard to get myself to really care about them. A voice from behind you speaks up and says, Perhaps I can shed some light on the matter. And Wu Lin approaches with a moon elf companion, a similar hue to her skin as Lyrian, but her head is shorn and instead covered in gray tattoos. She's wearing immaculate leather armor and a pair of long knives at her hips. They both sit down. Wu Lin, facing the four of you, says, Good morning, my friends. I apologize that last night was as hectic as it was. This is my second in command, Rhea. And Rhea gives a curt nod. Then Wulin continues on, saying, I wanted to clear some things up before we set out today. As you know, things have not gone as planned in Yellowford. Rhea and I were some of the first wardens to come through the rift. After its second or third opening, I cannot quite remember. It started out well enough. Supplies and troops came through regularly, and Yellowford flourished. Faster than it should have, probably, since it wasn't long before we were overworked and stretched too thin. To top it off, supplies stopped coming. Every week became every month, then every few months. Then we started losing patrols. Supplies would turn up stolen or destroyed. The town was in complete disarray. Years passed in chaos, with everyone fighting each other over the most basic of needs, depending on who found them, if we found them. New arrivals with supplies were either treated as saviors or killed on the spot. That's when martial law was established. Ignalis put a puppet mayor in place, and many more years passed with no opposition to his reign. Yes, we gained stability, but we were stagnant, and we were prisoners in our own homes. Willin looks to Rhea, and she then leans forward to speak. A sizable group of dissenters, calling themselves the Order of the Forest, left Yellowford 
and formed a commune in the southwest part of the Vale. They claimed to want peace, but anyone who ventured into their lands was never heard from again. We traveled here only a short while ago, forced out because we did not stand with Ignalus and his ideals, but we sensed something dark had fallen over Yellowford Vale, something grave. Wulin leans forward on the table, steepling his hands. Rhea is right, and lately those of the Order started appearing and lashing out, almost in a feral rage, while the remaining wardens in Yellowford tightened their grip and became even more inhumane. Only we, here at the Fang, have remained outside this evil's influence, but I fear that won't last much longer. Scouts of ours report that the Order will make a move soon, and something, some say a monster, others a spirit, fights for them. If they take Yellowford, then the entire expedition into the New World will have been for naught. I do not stand with Ignalus, but he has not been himself, and there are still plenty of innocents in the city who have no choice and nowhere to go. At that point, Wu Lin and Rhea stand, then begin to walk toward the mouth of the cavern and the exit from the Fang. Wu Lin turns once more and says, We are going to go and banish this evil, and save this expedition. <laughs> yes, you may look around and see many free people here, but they are crafters, farmers, bakers. You, you are fighters. If you will help us, meet us outside. I am intrigued by what Woolen has told us. I am very willing to fight this creature. It will provide a great test of strength. Well, for me, it is best that we stay here. I mean, we didn't make it one night inside Yellowford, yet here we slept calmly and peacefully. They might be the better organization to follow, for the moment at least. I have been quite intrigued by the creatures that... We have been meeting, especially the one that they, they called an elf. And now this creature that Wulin speaks of, I'm quite intrigued about learning more. And if I have to fight it to learn more, then so be it. And I will be by all of your sides. I won't simply abandon my cause here. I think I at least owe it to the wardens on the other side of the rift to discover a little bit more about what's going on here. Very good. Then I am going to meet Wulin outside. Luca, will you join us or stay here and cower? I will go. Who knows what we may learn. And we will need help in this land. We cannot make it on our own. As you exit the Fang, Wu Lin and Rhea greet you with approving smiles, then bolt south, following the western cliffs. As you follow them through the forest, it's strenuous, but not exhausting. And it isn't long before you reach a large clearing. A jagged cave entrance, like a dark maw, looms on the southwestern side. While on the east... You can just barely make out a few fleeting figures around a large, spindly wooden form. It's definitely not a tree, standing on two legs, but it's too far to see specifics. And Wu Lin starts stepping into the clearing and draws his long sword. Reese follows with his greatsword drawn. We all enter the clearing, ready and armed for battle. Then as you step more toward the middle of the clearing, you see very clearly that the members of the Order, as they've been called, are pruning a giant figure of a tree. It seems to have large trunks and spindly vines and formations of roots as its legs going up into a more sturdy hip and body where then it's mixed in with bits of fur and flesh and animal bone, culminating all in two massive arms with huge claws made of the ribs of some great beast and then the head of an elk topped above it all, staring silently into the dirt at its feet. However, as the members of the Order notice you, they bolt into the forest and away from this great figure that they've been attending 
Does this figure react to our presence? It does not currently. Uh, Luca is going to bend down then and try to start a fire. He's going to gather a couple of sticks nearby. And he's going to try to start a little little small fire that maybe he can catch on uh, the candles that he keeps because that thing looks flammable. Okay. And no time like the present to start a stew. <laughs> right. Start it now. It's done by the time we take a short rest. Thinking ahead. As Luca is making his fire, Marion just kind of comments, that's not natural. I wonder if that's a representation of what they worship or the beast itself. And as if on cue, you hear a strange screech emanating from the cave to the south. And you see almost this black, I don't want to say mist, because it's more concrete than that. You know how in the Harry Potter movies when the Death Eaters go like mm-hmm. fly around? Like a, like a miasma almost? Yeah, like sure. a smoke. A miasmic smoke nice. flies out of the cave right through the middle of you, extinguishing Luca's attempt as a fire oh, right as it starts <laughs> i really i really wanted to have that like be catching just me be fighting him one hand on a rapier one hand holding a candle trying to like poke it into him <laughs> a candle i guess we live with what we got and then it collides into the great figure with a resounding boom which shakes the forest around you sending birds scattering leaves falling to the ground and you see the figure just topple over backwards and crash into the dirt. It's dead. Huzzah! We did it, guys. And then a moment later, it lifts up its leg as if to stand, and it plants it into the ground, and then its other leg, and then it rises onto its haunches, and then using its huge claws, grips at the trees around it, almost ripping them down as it pulls itself up to a towering 15 feet, and then starts stomping toward you. Roll initiative. By the way, if anyone needs a good representation of what this looks like, imagine if you've ever played The Witcher 3, a lesson. Okay, I got a 10 on my initiative, but Mark rolled a 19. Lyrian rolled a 19 as well. I also rolled a 19. <laughs> then it will go three players, Wu Lin, Rhea, we'll call it just for ease of access, the lesson, and then the last player. All right. Well, I'm I'm already ready. I'm ready. I'm yeah, ready I feel like Vamak would, uh, you know, he'd be itching for his trial of power. Vamak, who is itching for his trial of power, already has a spell queued up. It is the fireball spell, baby. And so he casts that one right at the Leshen. You hear him utter a few words under his breath, and then a small bolt of light streaks from his hand. And as it gets further and further along, it gets bigger and bigger until it's a big ball of fire that smashes right into the Leshen. And the Leshen is going to have to do a dexterity saving throw. Okie dokie. Fifteen. Dang it. He saves, but only just... So, he's going to take half of, okay, half of 35 is... Is this fire damage? Yes. Then it's full damage, because if half of it, then he takes double. Oh, okay, okay. So he'll take 35 fire damage. Okay, then. Who's next? Is this Leshen thing kind of on fire now, or is it... No. No, it was just like a huge burst of flame that enveloped it for a second, and then it brushed it off and kept stomping towards you. Uh, Lyrian can go. Go for it. Lyrian takes out his bow and knocks an arrow and aims straight for this thing's head. 
13. That is a miss, and it flies right between its enormous antlers. He's satisfied with his last shot. Lyrian's going to take another one. Go for it. That is 23. That is hit. 12 damage. It suffers 6 damage and continues stomping toward you as the arrow that you hit it with just thwunks into its body and disappears in one of its tangling masses of leaves and such. Reese, go first so I can get flanking, and if I get flanking, I can add <laughs> 4d6 to my attack. Alrighty. Is this thing close enough that I can get up to it in one move action? Yes, the clearing is about 60 feet in diameter, and so it was 30 feet away. Coolio! And started moving a little toward you, so it's it's in range if you want to move. Okay. Then with his greatsword drawn, Reese runs up. There's a fireball that flies past him. Two arrows shoot past him, and he follows it up with a great hack of his greatsword. I think he misses with a 10. That does miss. He's a little too excited, and he just whiffs it. Do you not get two attacks? Oh, yeah, he gets he gets another one. So how you whiff a honking giant attack against a gigantic 15-foot-tall <laughs> tree is beyond me, but yeah. Maybe, maybe the uh, the arrows flying past him was made him have a little bit of pause. And the exact same thing, also a 10. Okay. <laughs> it was the fireball. It knocked him back a little bit while he was slashing. <laughs> missed his leg. As you slash at its leg, it lifts up that leg, and then as you slash at the other leg, it takes another step. Like, it's, it just isn't even paying attention to you. I'm just... All right. Yep, so that's his move. Rhea's going to go. She also darts up to it, and with her first attack, misses, and with her second attack, misses as well. We're doing awesome. This thing is able to just shrug off whatever tiny dents her long knives put into it. And then Wu Lin comes up, and wielding his big old sword, he misses. This is going great. All right. Now the Leshen's turn. With one of its big old feet, it stops and plants itself, and then it reels back its foot, and it delivers a big old swift kick at Wu Lin for 22 damage. And Wu Lin is blasted back 20 feet, spinning through the air, somehow still clutching onto his sword up until he smacks against the ground, however, and takes another five damage, and he kind of sputters for a second, like, (coughs) and he coughs up a bit of blood before slowly getting to his feet. Luca, seeing the Leshen uh, surrounded by different people, runs up to it, uh, actually gets behind it on the opposite side, and with his advantage strikes. Uh, I'm going to guess the 26 hits. Nope. His AC was 27. (laughs) Sorry. For 23 damage. You're piercing. It's a rapier, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's actually, what, 11? So Luca, knowing that his rapier is fairly useless against a tree, decides to take his attacks to the more flexible joint areas, um, managing to secure a blow, but it's not particularly effective. But you still send a few wood chips flying. Some sap dribbling off the end of my sword. All right. Back to the top. It's a player's turn. Well, Vamok's got another fireball queued up. So another streak of light bursts forth from his hand, and that Leshen needs to do another dexterity saving throw. You know what's great about this is that that fireball could be five feet wide, and Vamok could throw it at the Leshen, and it could still be three feet above any of our heads. (laughs) Three. That does not save. So the fireball comes right at the Leshen, full force, hits it right on the elk skull thing and all of its little branches are catching on fire dealing 62 that's already, 
What? Dealing 62 fire damage. It's already doubled. Okay. Yeah. I was like, whoa, jeez. <laughs> 124. <laughs> and the lesson died. Okay, that's rough. And Vamak would like to take this time to inform everybody that he is now out of spell slots until he takes a short rest. So he's just going to go off back into the forest and lay down for a bit. <laughs> okay. So, and just for logistics sake, we've got the Leshen, we've got Luca behind it, Rhea in front of it, Reese in front of it, and then Vamok and Lyrian kind of back where you started. Yes. With Wulin, who is now getting up. All right. So another player's turn. Can I stab it again, guys? Sure. All right. Luca, seeing his opportunity as is reeling from a horrific fireball, once again approaches, hoping for the lethal wound. Definitely hits. 25. Nope. AC was 26. (laughs) One lower than last time. All right. 24 divided by 2. 12 damage. So he he pulls his rapier out and he quickly stabs it right back in the joint, trying to weaken it enough that the leg might snap. You actually see the wood kind of cracks in on itself a little bit and the Lushen buckles for a moment. My plan is working. All right. Who's next? All right. So using this moment... When the Leshen has buckled, Reese quickly observes a weak spot and attempts to attack it. But as he's going up, his great sword begins to almost have light like flames starting to lick at it, which will hopefully help me with this attack roll. Um, so nine plus eight, 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 uh, 21. So as you swing your sword, the Leshen erupts in a black cloud of smoke and disappears. Like the whole thing or just the spirit? The whole thing. Okay. And from where it was, a murder of crows fly out in every direction and beaks and claws shred Luca and Rhea and Reese for 11 damage each. Take it. Since I was attacking, do I get to hit one of them? (laughs) And you you kill one of the crows. (laughs) I will need a minor wound. You, yeah, me too. Both of you are bleeding. Okay. You have slight lacerations. You'll take a negative one on strength-based attacks. Okay. <laughs> and then the Leshen reappears in another burst of crows in front of Lyrian, Vamok, and Wu Lin, dealing 11 damage to each of them. Vamok will also get a minor injury. Okay. I thought you were about to do like an instant interrupt, and I was going to be pretty excited. Nope. Vamok, you will take a negative one to strength saving throws. Okay. And technically, Reese, it's still your turn. That was just a reaction. Okay. He is now like 15 feet back, or a full 30 feet? 15. Hurl your sword at him like a spear. <laughs> Basically, I'm able to get there on a move, right? Yes. Okay. So Reese, just kind of trying to understand what's happening, he sees the murder of crows reform down by Vamok and he bolts after it and this is actually good because now that he's on the backside of it that's where uh, Luca had weakened it so he's going to use his second attack to attempt to hit the weak spot which hits dealing nice uh, 16 damage which probably halved the Leshen is falling apart, basically. And now it is Rhea's turn. She is going to run up to it. She critically fails. And oh my so, gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rhea. As she tries to sprint over and sink her long knives into this crumbling Leshen, she trips, but is able to quickly recover and spend the rest of her turn getting to it. 
Wu Lin takes a swing and hits. And he swings his big old sword right at one of the Lushan's arms and deals 20 damage. Nice. Severing the arm completely. And now it's the Leshen's turn. The Leshen turns around toward Reese. And you see if you could call them toes. More like these weird root things just dig into the ground. And the ground kind of shakes and it's exploding as right underneath it, roots shoot toward where Luca... I guess it's just Luca left. It is. Where Luca still stands and then erupt in a cone jutting out like spikes from the ground. Okay. Dealing zero damage. Ten damage to Luca. I will need another minor wound. You are stabbed through the leg. Ugh. And you will take a negative two to dexterity related checks. Mm-hmm. And then it swipes at Reese with its claws. Does a 18 hit? Yep. Nope. Armor class is 19. <laughs> Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And the Leshen swipes at Reese with its claws, batting you aside and sending you flying to the edge of the clearing, dealing 26 damage. Um, I'm also going to give you two points of strain. Okay. 26 damage, that's going to be a major wound. You have a fractured arm and will take negative three to all attacks. Yeah, so that's in addition to the minus one from my minor wound. Yes. And I think you can no longer attack with your greatsword. Yeah. That is also true. All right. Fair enough. All right. Who's left? Me. Lyrian. Okay. Lyrian's just going to shoot at it with his bow then. Right in the noggin? Yeah, if you can. Oh, sweet. That is a nat 20. Oh, well. Take aim. Lyrian takes aim and is shooting right for the, the eye socket of the elk head. Okay. Let's assume he hits. With a nat 20? Yeah, we can assume he hits, Ammon. <laughs> and that's max damage. So that is 20, half to 10 damage. Okay, so as your arrow heads into the socket, it sticks into... It's not into the bone itself. It looks like it's lodged into something that is actually physically there. A presence you can't see. And you hear another screech. Like you heard as it exited the cave. And then the Leshen just collapses. It crumbles into pieces. And this dark form bursts out of it, exploding the Leshen in all directions, dealing two piercing damage to everyone from a bunch of pine needles and bark. Dang, well, that kills Vamok. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, except for Reese, because he's too far away. Yay! And it goes right back into the cave. Lyrian goes to check on Reese because he saw that he got wounded pretty badly. He goes to see if there's anything he can do to help. Real quick question. How long is a short rest? Five minutes. Nice. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it... Yeah, I guess the long rest is eight hours. Sorry, I'm an idiot. As Lyrian goes up to Reese, he notices that the light is actually starting to get dimmer from his mask, but it looks like his wounds are healing. He receives 25 points of health back dang son what the heck power is this (laughs) basically i have a 25 hp well every single day or after every long rest um that i can use to either heal myself or heal another creature nice and so i'm using it on myself of course that's smart um selfish (laughs) hit up them hit die real quick yeah i was gonna say vamok's just gonna go for the more traditional hit dice one moment guys 
I have cure wounds. So yeah, we can use hit dice. It's faster and doesn't give you strain. <laughs> Ryan, do yes. I get to lift any of the bad effects from my wounds by healing 25 hit points? Your minor wound is gone, and your major wound has downgraded to a minor wound, giving you a only negative one penalty on attacks. Okay, cool. Just for clarification, minor wounds are not healed by spending hit die and by short rests. Can it be healed by a medicine check? Yes, if you'd like to attempt that. But if you fail, you could make it worse. Okay. How badly do you have to fail for that to occur? I'll let you know. Okay. Does anybody want me to do a medicine check on them? I would enjoy a medicine check. Okay. Reese, are you all good? Because I'm already over by you. I'm looking better. You can decide if you want to. I mean, he's just kind of looking like he's going to shrugging it off. He's not asking for anything, though. Okay. Well, Lyrian is going to try to assist in any way that he can for all of them with his background in medicine. And he first goes to Reese and sees what he can do. Okay. 21. Oh, nice. Nope, his AC was 22. (laughs) (laughs) You can mitigate the effects of that minor wound and patch him up the rest of the way. Nice. So, uh, thank you. Thank you, Lyrian. And then uh, Lyrian makes his way over to Luca and sees what he can do there. It's enough. 24. Uh, Luca's uh, strength ailment has gone away, but he just turns to Lyrian and he says, we have no time for this. We need to go after this. The dark spirit is what they were talking about, not whatever this was. Wu Lin, standing beside you, is kind of leaning on his sword for support, and, and Rhea is helping him. It's like, yes, you are right, Luca. There is little time, and I fear that we cannot accompany you. It looks like, and he points to the edge of the clearing, where there's maybe two or three dozen people kind of emerging from the tree line. It seems that we will have to deal with the order here. Perhaps whatever spell held them has been broken temporarily but once and for all that thing must be banished i implore you please destroy it after a short moment to catch our breath uh you know we take a couple minutes to sit down but we charge right in to the cave to chase after this dark mass that left yeah everyone that's what you do yep yes all right so charging into this cave you are immediately confronted by how cold you become and especially how dark this cave is The first little chamber that you go through is quite small and also quite plain. And as you are moving along, it gets narrower and narrower, where you definitely have to just go scooching by on your side. For Vamok, it's definitely a tight squeeze. Actually, Vamok, I want you to do a dexterity saving throw. (laughs) My minus one is for strength saving throws. (laughs) Stupid crows. (laughs) Aha! That was an eight. You are able to make it through with relative difficulty, but you aren't slowed greatly. The more you go in this cave, perhaps it's your eyes playing tricks on you, but it looks like the walls are writhing. They seem to be wet, slick with some sort of substance. But as you reach out to touch it, if any of you do, it's dry and the glisten seems to fade the closer you get. And if any light is shined upon it. Bat guano. hey use that for fireball speaking of which did anyone light any sources of light besides reese's face relit his candle (laughs) like is this just a single candle or is it like a candle candle. 
It's mu- no, it's just a candle. They're much more effective uh, for long-term light than torches. <laughs> he carries a candle. No, he didn't. Torches okay. last like 15 minutes. He also likes to get his wax seal in there, you know? <laughs> he, he, no, he's, he's legitimately carrying a candle. He's got a little candle stand with a candle. Like, guys, you didn't have a flashlight back in no say when. The mock pulls out a small oil lamp and rubs it, and the genie comes out, and he says, <laughs> I wish for a lantern. <laughs> and then the genie goes back in the lamp, and Vamok takes his lantern, and no. Um, you should have said torch. That way you would have gotten a flashlight, you know, like ah, the same British. Because Vamok's British. <laughs> no. What um, does Vamok actually do? Vamok takes a torch out of his dungeoneering pack, if there's one in there. I think so. <laughs> yes, Probably. Yes. And he lights it using Luca's candle. It takes Luca like hands out his hand in a fist bump position saying, teamwork. Yep, he gives him the fist bump. Because while the candle does burn longer, it also produces like 0.1 lumens. You know? <laughs> it's like everybody's straining their eyes. So. so newly lit, this chamber that you're in, there's a large pillar of spindly rock in the middle of the room that does not seem natural. However, there are no other remarkable features in here besides the room being almost perfectly circular. Two passageways lead off. However, the one on the left seems to arch up rather steeply and continue going up until it seems there might even be some light leaking in. It would definitely be a long and difficult climb. And the pathway on the right seems to slope ever so slightly downward, where it might even be precarious to travel upon given the slick nature of this rock. We must find whatever this thing is and I don't think it's going towards the light. I think we should descend further. I agree. If I were a nasty dark cloud, I would go as deep down as I could. Humorous as that is, Reese, I do agree. I don't think the spirit will go towards the light. Let us go deeper down and extinguish it once and for all. Very well, let's go. Reese heads down. We all follow. You go along this passageway for a good five to ten minutes, it would seem. The light of your candle, torch, and even Reese's eminence seem to be a bit choked by this darkness all around you. Again, it's very unnatural. And it seems to be emanating from the walls. As you continue along this pathway, however, it becomes shorter, narrower, eventually culminating, however, into a sizable room that, unlike the rest of the cave up to this point, seems of natural formation. However, there is just a plain flat wall facing you on the other side. Though there is one feature that stands out, specifically what looks to be a sizable hole just before said dead end. Curious about this interesting hole right next to this dead end. The deep nature of it. Oh, I guess I haven't seen the hole. Luca goes to investigate the hole. Lyrian looks at Luca and says, Be careful, my friend. It seems quite a depth. I would just like to investigate. It seems honestly the only way forward. I think we should maybe descend carefully. Does anyone have any rope? Reese had already pulled out the rope from his explorer's pack, and he was kind of, he's looking around right now for maybe a solid anchor point to tie it to. Yeah, there's a pretty good stalagmite not too far away that you could tie it around. Okay. Reese draws the party's attention to this seemingly solid anchor point. I think we could tie off here. If we're only sending one down, we could hang on to it just to make sure, but it should hold. Then he begins tying a good knot. Luca, would you do an investigation check as you're examining this opening? 
21. So as you're looking down here, you see that the rock, it seems natural, and it seems also to go down quite a bit. At least the light that your candle is giving off is not enough to see the end of this chimney, we'll call it. Is this chimney wide enough that I could kind of like do a a rappel type action down it? Rappel, no, but one of those, like, what's it called when you're like... Like a shimmy or something? Yeah, 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 okay. A shimmy. In that case... Uh, Luke is going to have to go down this bad boy in the dark. So he's really looking forward to that. A moment. And you see Vamak reach into his bag and he pulls out ten pythons. I didn't know he had until I looked at what was in a Dungeoneer's pack. <laughs> These may assist you in your climb. They they could be useful. However, I don't know if I have the strength to drive them in. This seems hard, firm stone. Or the leverage, for that matter. It's a pretty, it's pretty cramped space. Pretty cramped. Would you like a hammer? I have one as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I just take the rope from you all and uh, with you holding it, I should be fine. This is will just be exploratory. I won't go farther, further than the rope without returning. Very well. If this is the course you wish to take, do so. Okay, so it's a pretty tight space. So Luca is going to take off his thicker armor that'll really restrict his dexterity okay. and probably most of his sword, like his his, his pack stuff, it probably will not yeah, fit yeah. down the space. At okay. least easily it might with time. So Luca's going to just start his descent. Uh, he has secured himself with a climber's knot that should create some sort of harness with the bottom part of this rope. So he should be able to ascend fairly secure. Okay. So the rope's like around your waist or? Well, I'd like, I'd like to do a more of like a harness around both legs and type of thing sure yeah okay. that is a possibility you've got enough rope okay hey man what kind of armor does luca have he only has leather armor but i feel like in character and story reese goes over to luca as he's taking off his armor can i see a piece of it perhaps a pauldron he hands one over and reese goes over to the lip of the chimney and he kind of wedges it over the top where the rope would be rubbing on and he just kind of sets the rope on top of it we'll we'll let the rope rest on this we don't want it snapping on the rock Okay, so Luca, you know he's in his trousers. I'm going to say he's taken off his leather boots as well. I don't think that'd give him very great grip. Okay. So uh, he's just in his trousers and a shirt, prepares to descend. All right, who will be supporting the rope, if anyone? Uh, Lyrian can. Reese can. There's only room for two. Why don't Lyrian and Reese do it? Because Vamak doesn't have great strength, and he uh, is taking a minus on his strength checks. (laughs) Okay. So, Mr. Luca Ammon. Yes. Please perform an acrobatics check as you begin to shimmy down. I legit just rolled a nat 20. (laughs) If you'd like, you can go down the entire 15 feet of this chimney. It gets a little tight in the middle, but then it widens up a little more. And right at the end, well, let's first, do you desire to go that length? Yes. Okay. Right at the end, your foot just slips a little bit because there's nothing more to reach. And you just see this dark expanse below you and from your current position that's all you can see i am going to lower myself uh just down the rope you know it's it's tied onto me so i'm gonna lower myself down the rope and see if i reach anything at the full length of the rope okay so actually before i do that i say it appears that the it appears that the chimney has ended here and it seems to be open air but i don't know how far it goes i'm going to lower myself down completely so all my weight will be on you for a moment so I, do, I showed up to him just telling him. It's yeah, probably yeah. kind of echoey, though. They can understand well enough. As you begin to lower yourself down, Reese and Lyrian do strength checks. 15. And Lyrian? Nat 1. Ah. All right, critical fail. So, Luca, 
As Luca's going down, you pass the threshold of the chimney, and you are just in complete open air. You can see the light from above you. And do you still have your candle? No, probably not. It's incredibly difficult to see anything around you. It sounds like there is an enormous echo in this chamber, and maybe even the sounds of water far, far down. For a second, it's almost tranquil. And then you fall like 15 more feet rather suddenly and then come to an abrupt stop in the middle of the air. Okay, um, Luca's first going to grab onto that rope with all of the force and will that he has in his being. Do a strength check. I get minus ones in these. The mock uh, decides <laughs> to teach Luca a lesson and just cuts the rope. <laughs> I, I got a three Next on that time, use check. my pythons. <laughs> No. Right, what would you get on your check? Uh, three. Okay. You burn your hands rather badly on this rope, but you are able to steady yourself. Lyrian and Reese, you've lost a good 15 feet of slack on this rope. If you want to pull it back, you can do that, or you can wait for Luca to say something. But right now, that's where everyone is. Reese plans on just waiting until he hears something from Luca. I already said that I took everything off. Um not taking off my pants. I don't think I have anything else. Luca is going to begin to climb back up. Uh, his intention is to get to about the top of the chimney and ask someone to throw down like a rock or something for him to drop down there and see how far it falls. You mean the bottom of the chimney? Yes, the bottom, sorry. Okay, do another strength check. Better. A total of 15. You're able to make your way up. It's a little painful, especially with your hands, raw as they are, but you're able to climb that bit of the rope. So there's now like a slack of rope hanging down from you, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Just into this emptiness below. And you are in range of calling up. You're at the bottom of the chimney. So uh, I climb up to the top of the rope and I also enter into the bottom of the chimney. So I've wedged myself pretty firmly. My back, you know, is against the far side there. And I just call up and say, send down a stone or something. I think I need something to see how far this drop is. And then a huge boulder falls down the (laughs) hole and hits Luke on the head. (laughs) Who's closest to the lip? Well, okay, of well, the two I guess, of you are holding ropes. Okay, yeah, yeah, only Vamok can drop something. Vamok, he goes and he finds a stone, and then does, is he just dropping this down? And like, yeah, I mean, like this is like as a pebble, right? You're not Vamok me a can give some warning. Two pound. All right, stone. Here comes the stone. You know, just a chunk of stone. It's not like a tiny pebble, but it's not like yeah. Okay, so it falls uh, fifteen feet, right? Yes. And as it falls, I'm going to do a check to see if I can if I catch it or if it like falls past me. Sure, dexterity. I got a nat 1. So you kind of scramble for that rock and completely miss it and it just falls past you and as you are then like pressed against the sides of this chimney with bated breath, you just hear silence and silence and silence and then the tiniest little plink so I begin my climb back up to kind of talk next next step here. Okay, so this climb is less strength and more of positioning, sure, and limberness and what's the word? A, a dexterity. I was going to say charisma. <laughs> <laughs> Acrobatics check, please. That uh, will be another nat one there. Oh my gosh! Oh, okay. <laughs> wow! Wow! Um. Well, you suck. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So as you begin your climb, you wedge one of your feet into the bottom of the chimney and you give it a good push to get yourself up. 
and it just goes through, offering almost no resistance, and you go straight down. So you fall a good 16, 17, maybe 18 feet on this rope. Break um, my pelvis with the impact. Honestly, maybe. Lyrian and Reese, please do strength checks as you are pulled toward the chimney. 21. 11. So you grab the rope tight, and I'm going to do a percentile roll for the rope. Okay. What's the rope's constitution? <laughs> well, it didn't roll very well. So as you tumble down through the air, spinning downward, downward, and then the rope is pulled from the other end, this combination of the most unfortunate circumstances culminates in the rope already weakened from your last fall, snapping right at your harness. Dude, and Luca you're dead. falling. Uh, how do we calculate falling damage? So you are falling 90 feet into water. So that's 1d10 per 10 feet. Uh, and I don't suppose that I'm currently using my uh, plutonium armor? <laughs> no. And also, for everyone's sake, water from this height is my essentially concrete. concrete. Yeah. How many hit points do you currently have? I have 50 hit points. What a nice even number. So we got... All right, keep track. Got nine. Okay. And six. Okay. And ten. Okay. And one. That's okay. And nine. Uh, not great. And nine. Mm, really not great. And three. Okay, still alive. And ten. Uh, yeah, that puts us at 54, which is uh, technically above my uh, my health uh, points there. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. So as Luca splashes down in the water below with a resounding smack, you feel an excruciating pain as your vision, already darkened by the lack of any light in this cave, you see flashing lights in your vision as your head is smacked against a rock almost 20 feet down in the water as you've just plummeted in here. From the impact of the water itself, however, one of your legs you feel has almost popped out of its socket. And as you struggle for breath, your lungs, or at least one of your lungs, because the other one has been collapsed, punctured by a broken rib protruding inward into your body as you bleed from the inside. You black out. Moments later, coming to consciousness once more to sputter and cough up salt, water, and blood onto a black sand beach. And as you feel around your chest and your abdomen, your hands are warm and wet with your own blood and you feel your ribs protruding out of your skin before falling once more into unconsciousness. <laughs> 